This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Jones. Bowden. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four. And England have won the match. Hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket, sponsored by LB Insurance, who of course are supporting this test series between England and India. India now 2-1 up. Simon Mann, you predicted that. You predicted this series would finish with a 2-1 victory for India. It's still one test to go, but uh, on a glorious afternoon at the Oval, they showed their supremacy in the end, I thought. They were irresistible at Lords, weren't they, on the last day? And they were irresistible here today. I think the pitch was good enough for England to have survived, but India just a bit too good for them. That, that spell from Bumra in the afternoon just, just shattered them. It ripped the heart out of them, ripped the middle order out, gutted them, and it felt inevitable after that. Once he'd done his, his worst, as far as England were concerned, he got rid of Pope and Bairstow, castled both of them. I mean, Joe Root tried with Wokes, but... It just felt there was just too much time left in the match. I mean, it's 131 for two at lunch. You thought, well, I mean, remember in the old days, Jos, when you started watching Test cricket, if a team were two down at lunch uh, you know, on the final day, you'd think, oh, that game's going to be a draw. But teams, they just, they, they, they're not so suited to, to batting out for a draw anymore. It's, it, it seems much harder to, to do now. I don't know whether, what, why that should, should be the case. But the, the, if you're going to bat out for a draw, this pitch, you should have been able to do it, or at least it would allow you to do it. But India, ultimately today, I think, you know, a really good all-round uh, bowling performance. I mean, there, I mean, there wasn't a, great, a huge amount of spin there, was there? But what, what was the key, did you think, as far as in, in India's bowling today? Well, I, I think of two things, actually. I thought, firstly, I thought England were a little bit defensive in the morning. Only 54 runs in the first session, two wickets lost. And I just thought, that, you know, you looked at the, the proactivity of Hamid and Burns in the opening stand at Headingley, and actually last night here as well. I thought they were both quite purposeful, had lots of intent. Today, they got a bit stuck, 
Blackpool. Obviously, Burns got to 50 and then got out, which is a shame because he was starting to look good. Hamid just looked a little bit restricted once they put the, the fielders back and bowl straight. Square of the wicket because he can score his boundaries square on the offside and you know ping it, flick it square on the leg side. But once they put the men back, he can't. He doesn't, he doesn't hit the ball in front of square in front of the, the bat very strongly. So he's kind of easy to contain. And then Milan obviously was a bit bogged down against Jadeja bowling into the rough. There wasn't much he could do there, but I suppose he could have tried to to assert himself he could have tried to sweep or tried to maybe even reverse it I don't know I think England were just a bit defensive in the morning but uh, to, to the Indians credit that spell after lunch Bumrah particularly knocked the middle out of the innings and five days he's still propelling the ball at 90 miles an hour with a bit of reverse swing either way and I think that was one of the key things you say, why don't teams that survive for draws? Well, I think you know reverse swing is a, a lot to say for, for that because, or a lot to answer for because, on fifth day pitches, teams are very good at exploiting that. If they're not just relying on spinners spinning it out of the rough or whatever, the faster bowlers can have an impact as well. And with DRS, you know, pads being hit on the pads, it's people getting out, given out probably a little bit more often as well, with the ball's keeping low and so on. So, you know, there's a few factors there, but I think in the end, India's pace, three bowlers around about 90 miles an hour, a little bit quicker than any of England's, probably just uh, told told the, the true facts in the end and just prevailed. Yeah, I mean, England had a good uh, attack for first-day conditions and not such a good attack for third-day conditions, whereas India, they did have that extra pace in this Test match. England without someone like uh, Mark Wood to perhaps just do something different on that third day. When we look back at this Test match, I felt that was the defining day, and I, f I felt it before the day's play, and w when you look back, you know, that, that day when they went from 43 for no wicket to 270 for three, their win was, was built on that foundation, and Rohit Sharma was, was given the man of the match award, the player of the match award, and there were some good performances by India. I mean, you must you had to have six wickets in the match. Shardul Taka, two half centuries, which were really important at really important moments. And he picked up three valuable wickets as well. Perhaps just Rohit because of his, his discipline and the fact that he was able to bat long and big. And it, it was just the foundation that, 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 you know, that was built for, for India's victory. So for me, third day was ab absolutely vital. And I mean, a brilliant win to come back from you know, a 99 deficit. It doesn't happen that often. It's, you know, it's, a, it's a lot of runs, actually. It's about 100 runs behind on first innings. But I, mean, I think when it comes down to it, I think India, just, they're, a, they're a, a better side than England. Is, is it, it's, you know, sometimes it's as simple as that. The, the better side wins. And, the, and I think the better side has won this match. And they're 2-1 you know, up in the series. I know, I know it sounds a sort of trite thing to say, uh, you know, you can look at this and that and, uh, and what have you, but they just have more all-round strength in England. Mm, I mean, certainly Rohit Sharma is, is an elite player who has, has, should have scored far more than his seven test hundreds and should have scored more than his now one test hundred uh, outside India. Uh, he's the best opener on show. We've mentioned about their, their three quicker bowlers, quicker than England's. Uh, they've got a spinner that's probably better than England's spinner, or definitely better than England's spinner. I suppose you could look at someone like Moen Ali as well. You know, Moen Ali has the sort of Shardul Taka role in the England side. Well, Taka in this match made two fifties and took you know a, a few wickets. Moen, what maybe one or two wickets, but his batting is disappointing. 
and it doesn't deliver as much as it should. And that, that, that actually was where England possibly sacrificed the, the initiative. They did recover well from 62 for 5, but then they didn't make the most of it. They were bowled out for 299. They should have made maybe 350. And I think Joe Root, after the play, that was one of the things he pointed at. Let's just uh, hear from him for a minute. Well, I think you look at this game, I mean, it's been frustrating today to lose 10 wickets. Um, but uh, I think actually where the game was lost or where we could have really stamped our authority on things was, was earlier in the game. I think we should have got a bigger lead first time round with the bat. Um, now, it'd been nice to have another 100 runs, actually. Uh, and then we're looking at a very different, uh, very different game. Um, so I think we've got to be a little bit more ruthless there. Those first innings runs there, I think that really cost us in. As well, our catching, uh, we, we did put down a few chances. Some of them were extremely difficult. Um, that has to be said, but at the same time, you give chances and half chances to world-class players, they, they take them. And um, we've seen that throughout this game. I think we've, something that we've got to get better at. I think it's something that we've got to keep looking to improve um, and recognising those key moments in games and, and, and enforcing it a little bit more. We did it very well at Headingley. Um, and I think we didn't quite manage to do it this time around. So... It's something that we've got to be more consistent at with a lot of other things within um, this format. We've got to look to be more consistent at, um, at a few different things. And I think that mindset, you look at that spell from Bummer and recognise the key moment in the game uh, and turn the game on its head this afternoon. It's something that we've got to look to make sure that we, we're doing as well. Yes, England definitely lacked a bit of ruthlessness in the game. There, there were the, the drop catches, and that's a problem for England. I thought their fielding was pretty shoddy. They dropped lots of catches in the match. Well, it was about half a dozen catches. You know, there was the run-out opportunity they, they had on the fourth day, which they, they squandered. Uh, Moen, rather than just holding on to the ball for a second, just you know, giving himself that half-second almost to perhaps set himself, and then he could have easily run in, actually, run into the stumps, or even lobbed the ball to, to Bairstow to come up and, and take the bails off. There was that, that moment, the, the, the drop catches. I mean, Rory Burns dropped two catches in the match uh, Rohit Sharma on, on six and 31 and it's, it's, sort of, it's been a, a tale of, uh, of poor fielding from, from England and Joe Root alluded to that you know the fact they weren't ruthless enough in the field and I agree with they weren't ruthless enough uh, with the bat in that first innings you think of some of the casual shots they really had the chance to sort of nail down 350 another 50 60 runs which you know that, that psychological pressure that might be brought to bear on India so they, they were their missed opportunities in the game They're just not quite with that really tough head on that India showed today didn't they they, they came out and they were really uh, ruthless today so you know missed opportunities for England in the game where you know India were under pressure 127 for seven and but there was one point in the game when they were 200 ahead with four wickets left. But I thought India played it really well. That partnership between Punt and, and Taka yesterday, absolutely crucial. And that took India far enough into the distance. And from there, I mean, did you, I mean, did you seriously think that England had a chance of, of winning today? I mean, this is, this is a side that was, you know, the ro ro rolled, over, rolled over at Lords and has, has been brittle. Yeah, I mean, maybe my heart, um, you know, outweighs my head at times, but I did think they had a chance, actually, because it just looked flat, and, you know, they're starting, most of the batsmen have made some runs in this series, and I felt with England's sort of lower order, Moeen, Chris Wokes at number eight, they can all bat, Overton at nine, you know, they, they can all bat, and uh, I thought, actually, if they got a good start in the morning and a bit of momentum going, 
then they really had a chance. Of course, you know, scoring what nearly a hundred runs a session was going to be tough. But sometimes, when you get closer to a target, the momentum you know, starts to, to to pick up, and the runs come quicker, and the bowlers get disillusioned, and you know, the, the whole thing that one side gets inflated, the other side deflated, and you, you can get those sort of targets. But maybe I was being a touch optimistic. And uh, you know, India in the end just had too much firepower for England and totally deserved the victory. LV Insurance and the ECB's £1 million Fund for Runs Community Initiative has awarded Stourport Cricket Club with a grant to increase its profile locally within schools and also improve its equipment and range of training via professionally qualified coaches and enhancing their team of volunteer qualified coaches and helpers. They're also relaunching their ladies and girls teams within the Worcester League Club competition and the funding awarded will secure the same enhanced coaching and mentoring scheme to support existing and new players who wish to enter the fantastic world of club cricket. Stourport is a fully inclusive organisation, wholly run by its members and supported by volunteers and the club is now also working with the local community to welcome non-members to watch the sport and enjoy the social facilities the club offers. One moment today that we haven't touched on uh, in detail yet, and it, it came with England at 120 for one, was the run-out involving Hamid and Milan. It, it's actually interesting listening to different views of it, because some people were blaming, blaming David Milan. I, I saw it as Hamid's fault, really, because... Uh, Milan was at the non-striker's end. Hamid dabbed it into the offside. I think part of the problem was England hadn't been scoring. I think uh, Milan, uh, Hamid was conscious of that and just wanted to keep the board ticking a bit, just you know, run a single here and there. But it was just a bit too close to Aguil. I think what happened was Milan, uh, he, he was quite slow setting off, but I think he was surprised by the call. So I th there might have been just that fleeting moment that goes through a non-striker's head, which is shall I say no or shall I go? And perhaps it was just a, a moment of hesitation. But if, if a, if a non-striker running to the striker's end has got to dive to make his ground in a test match, you see it in, in, in a white ball game, fair enough. If you've got to dive to make your ground on the last day of a test match when you're looking to you know, save the game, stroke, win it in a, in a really difficult situation, then you think that that's a really tight single. So, you know, there's miscommunication between the two of them. And I that's a good word, communication. The trouble is they haven't batted much together. And, uh, you know, once you have batted together for a while, you, there, there's more of a, a telepathy between the you know, batsmen and they, you know, they almost don't need to say anything. They can just set off. But when you haven't batted together for long, it's, you know, not that easy to see the body language and interpret it in the right way. But also, I think that, you know, because England was slightly defensive and because Milan was struggling a little bit against Jadeja, he probably wasn't thinking quick singles either. He was thinking, actually, I'll stay down this end because it's a lot easier. I'm battling against the left-arm spinner. But what they should have thought was, you know, they should have talked at the beginning of an over, before an over started saying, you know, we do need to get a few more quick singles, let's be on our toes here. But I'm sure that wasn't said. Otherwise, Milan would have been ready and probably would have Yeah, been well, it, it, to me, it was a, a tight one and, and the, 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 blame, the blame goes with Hamid for that. I mean, you don't, you don't want to you know, be totally down on a, on a player who's you know, trying to make his way again in, in Test match cricket and he made uh, 63 today and they put on 100 for the first wicket and gave England a, an excellent start. But, but Hamid, you're right, I mean, he did become... 
becalmed in that first session. He only scored 19 runs in that first session. I mean, England were talking this morning about, you know, just take it steady, see where we are, wicket preservation, see where we are later in the day. And I suppose at lunch, 131 for two, they just, they just actually felt like 20, 25 runs behind a lunch from where they uh, you know, would want to be if they were seriously going to consider 368. So, I, I mean, I felt at lunch that the, the win was out, out of the question. It probably, probably was always out of the question. And, and, then, and then you had that dramatic session. I mean, four for six in six overs, the, 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 the middle order uh, ripped out. Joe Root and, and Chris Wokes uh, battled away, and, and as as ever, yours. I mean, Joe Root is the is the key to this England batting lineup, and you, you sent while he was still there. There, there, there was a possibility of a dramatic England escape, but is that man Shardell Tacker again, who who probably wouldn't have played in this Test match if Ravi Chandran Ashwin had played? But you know what a good game he had. Yeah, he did, uh, and I, I said I kept arguing for Ashwin to be picked. Of course, this victory will just uh, put put the kibosh on any uh, likelihood of him coming back for one game, won't it? Because they'd done it with the four seamers and Jadeja, and uh, the Tackers' run, runs were were vital in in both innings. And you know, it's arguable whether Ashwin would have made that many, although obviously he has made Test hundreds in the past. But the, the architect of victory today. As, as much as uh, Jadeja's excellence and, and accuracy was that little thrust from Jasper Bumrah, uh, we give him the In With Heart Award today, LB Insurance's In With Heart Award, mainly for that uh, incisive thrust and, and just actually the skill and the, the sustaining of his pace because he burst through Ollie Pope's defences with a bit of reverse swing uh, at 90 miles an hour and kept that going uh, through two or three more overs in mid-afternoon on the fifth day of a test match when he's bowled a lot of overs on other days and off that kind of nondescript or you know, almost non-existent run-up as well a brilliant delivery to knock over Johnny Bairstow in-swinging Yorker shades of Wazim Akram or Waka Yunis bowling here at the over for Pakistan in the 1990s with that late in-swinging Yorker uh, which was really difficult to play and absolutely pinpoint accurate. And then he was giving all the um, the other batsmen a hurry up after that as well. So Jasper Bumrah for me, only two wickets, but two very important wickets, not the stuffing out of England. And uh, you know, no kind of major award for him today, but uh, certainly lots of credit. Yeah, six overs, three maidens, two for six. That was his spell. I mean, that doesn't sound a you know a great deal. Two two for six. I mean, it's obviously important. In the, you know, it, in the context of the match, but it's not sort of dramatically eye-catching. But you had you had to be here to appreciate, I think, its impact on the game. And then suddenly England were were totally on the back foot. What so what what happens from here then, Yours? I mean, we're in- England beaten as they were at Lords, 151 runs at Lords, 157 runs here, India. You know, similar in a way that that last day's irresistibility and, and England's batting uh, brushed aside. Uh, what what do England do for Old Trafford? Uh, what sort of changes are we are we talking about for Old Trafford, if any? Uh, Josh Butler coming back into the side, that's the possibility, depends if he's available. Uh, and then what, what do England do with their bowlers? I mean, it seems to me that the batting will be pretty much the same, uh, unless they bring Butler back, of course, and then they've got a, a decision to make about who, who they leave out. Uh, what 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 do they do about their their bowling attack? Uh, is, is four days enough well, to, have to, they to have recover to. between test matches? I think they have to play Mark Wood, and actually, I think you know we were talking about Bumrah there. I think Wood could learn a lot, and probably is learning a lot from watching Bumrah bowl because he just 
goes through different phases in his uh, bowling spells where you know he does line and length and he tries to move it a little bit one way or the other and then perhaps later on in innings he goes for the, the, the Yorkers and the, the, the tries to get reverse swing that was uh, helped by the fact that Jadeja was chucking it into the rough the other end scuffing the ball up so you know he's a, that's a, how those two sort of work quite nicely together but also then towards the end uh, roughing up the tail bouncers and the old good length ball trying to get the edge still uh, it's still got that kind of potency and hostility against the tail without going for anything uh, too extreme and I think the way Bumrah handles himself those different phases of bowling can really help Wood and that's the kind of things that he should be looking to do himself uh, ultimately in, in, a, in a test match well over a test match innings is to be able to adapt his his pace and his aim and his length to the different conditions and situations. Batting-wise, it's just got to be a bit better, hasn't it? I mean, if Butler comes back, I don't know. I, I think I'd be inclined to keep Bearstow, but he's only got 150 in the last year or two, you know, few innings, and he hasn't really converted, has he? Uh, but neither has Butler, so um, it, you, it's sort of... I don't think you lose or gain massively if you just replace... Bearstow with Butler, but I'd quite like to keep Bearstow. I, I think he's 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 good, um, but then you can't have them both of them. So it's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Maybe Butler won't be available. I'd like to keep Bearstow in this side uh, personally, and just replace uh, maybe Overton with Wood. Well, one one aspect is you know is Josh Butler going to be available for Australia? And I mean whether he's made that decision or not, I'm not sure. I mean there's all it's so much up in the air about you know. What sort of conditions are uh, the players are going to be living under in Australia? Can they bring their families? And if they can't, then who, who's going to be available? And you know, if Josh, but Josh Butler is not going to be available uh, for Australia, then does he automatically come back into the side? Anyway, that's something for the selectors to, to sort out in, in a very short space of time, actually, because uh, the, you know the next game is on on, on Friday, and they'll have to uh, pick their squad uh, pretty quick. Pretty quickly. I mean, is it is it about is, is it about Butler's mindset, you know, where is his mind at? You know, he's uh, someone who, you know, is a very strong family man. He's had the, the second child. Is he ready to, to come back? I mean, I think he'll be honest about it. He might not feel quite ready. And, and I think that, you know, more and more in the modern game, selectors and, uh, you know, captains and so on have to be more sensitive to this kind of thing. Players, if they're not in the right mindset, they don't, it's not worth having them. You know, someone else has got to play instead. Um, Butler, you know, is a very important character in the England setup. But you know, unless he's totally focused on it, he and he will be the first to admit it. If he's not quite right, he'll say, you know, he'll say so. Yeah, and there might be a scenario as the, as time goes on, and there's a T20 World Cup coming up. Whether after that T20 World Cup, it might well be that Josh Butler replaces. Owen Morgan as England's uh, white ball captain, it's, it's, it's possible, and that Butler then just focuses solely on, on, on white ball cricket and, uh, and almost gives away uh, test cricket. Anyway, that, that's a possibility, and we'll see how that plays out in the next uh, few weeks and months. I suppose it depends on how England go in that uh, T20 World Cup. There is another one next year uh, in Australia, and then there's the next 50-over World Cup You know, a, a couple of years away as well. What about uh, Old Trafford, uh, Yoz? I mean, we don't know what the conditions are going to be like, but it has been quite dry uh, uh, recently. What what about a sort of slightly left field pick? What about Matt Parkinson uh, pl- playing at Old Trafford? Was that too much of a, a wild card to suddenly sort of come in from the outside? It is his, it is his home ground. He bowled, he bowled well in some of the, the white ball matches 
earlier this summer. We, you know, we've seen, we can see clips on social media of him playing for Lancashire, ripping it, you know, spinning it from uh, leg to off uh, in, in championship matches. Is, is that too much to ask? Is that too much of a wild card suggestion? I think it's a nice, quite romantic suggestion. I think it's probably pretty unreal. Well, you know me. You're not very romantic. You're, but you're quite pragmatic, and uh, that, that's a very that is left field from you actually. Uh, I, I, personally, I can't see it. You know, last test of a series, absolutely crunch game, uh, making his debut against a team who are very good at playing spin. Just can't see it. You know, the seamers have done the job for four tests until this Indian second innings. So maybe just need a, a little bit of uh, an additional bit of pace and Mo and Ali is getting better slowly and he's got Coley in his uh, locker now hasn't he so I think I would I would stay with the same uh, spinner for the moment I, I can't see Old Trafford being you know ripping it around and anyway you know the, the, we don't, who knows what the weather's going to be like it, it might be cool and a bit damp you know we, we wouldn't be Manchester if it wasn't cool and damp surely no. So basically, r- roughly the same side, just play better and hope you can do uh, what you did at Heading. I mean, this, this team, pretty much, well, not exactly this team, but you know, roughly this team, uh, one match ago in the north, beat India by an innings at, at Headingley, bowled them out for 70-odd in the first innings and, and, and turned them over by an innings. I mean, this topsy-turvy series, we don't quite know what's going to happen next. You know, it's all, we said after the last game, you know, don't get too high when you win, don't get too low when you lose. But, so it's... it's, it's Possibly a, a a question of that, but anyway, fantastic for India. They're two one up with with one to play. Uh, you, you, clearly now they're they're favourites to take out the series, and and that would be a, a you know major achievement for them to win in Australia and England in, in the same year. Uh, but you know as we saw as we've seen over the course of the series, things can change uh, very quickly. But England, I think, have got to be hoping that a few of those tired bodies um, are rejuvenated in the next. Uh, a few days because that, and they're a little bit thin, aren't they? I mean, Saki, Saki Mahmood, for example, uh, you know, he, he's someone that's been in the squad. He might might have come in for his debut on on his home ground. There's another who, who could have come, in, but he's injured. He's got a side problem, so he he's out of it as well. So you know, the, the, the you talk about the replacement options. There aren't stacks, and there's Sam Curran who could come back. There's Mark Wood who could come back, but it's all of shuffling the pack a little bit, really. Um, so it's it's probably r- roughly the same. Um, just play better and, and take your chances, take your catches, uh, make the most of your big moments. Don't fritter away your, your wickets when you're in a, in a strong position. Send them a list and um, they'll tick them off one by one. Anyway, it's been a great test match. It's been a tremendous advert for five-day cricket, which I've obviously not always been a proponent of. Uh, I've really enjoyed it and let's just hope that the, the fifth test is as good as the fourth. Uh, well played, India and all to play for now for both sides in three days' time. And we'll be back to report from the first day of the Old Trafford LV Insurance fifth test on Friday. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.